0: Welcome to episode three of The Sales Crew. One of the things that is important here at The Crew is not only getting the perspectives of SDRs and SDR leaders and salespeople themselves, but also getting the perspective of a lot of the supporting functions that kind of encompass and help make SDRs and salespeople successful. And especially in this job market, wanted to bring in an interesting perspective and actually bring in a founder of a recruiting firm uh, local to Northern California and the Bay Area. So today we're joined by Lou Majid, who's the founder of Bassamatoni. They specialize in sales and marketing recruiting. Lou, welcome to the crew.
1: Sam, how are you, man?
0: I'm doing fantastic. For the audience out there, Lou and I actually worked together at ThoughtSpot when I was running the SDR team. We partnered with Lou kind of At the time where we were scaling out the SDR organization from probably 10 reps to 25. And Lou was really one of the better recruiters we worked with in terms of the quality and really understanding, you know, the requirements of what we were looking for and, and going out and finding great sales talent. And I think we, you know, ended up hiring several of Lou's recommendations. So that's kind of, you know, that's the connection here. Um, Lou, can't thank you enough for kind of the work that you've done on, on my behalf in the past. For
1: sure. Thank you for your business, man. You've been a, a really strong leader as far as I can tell. And I'm glad that we were able to kind of forge a relationship for sure.
0: Absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about Basma Tony. Yeah, uh, we focus on sales and
1: marketing recruiting, as you mentioned, for mostly tech startups in California or, or companies based out of California. Though so we've recruited, we recruited for them all over the country. So account executives, SDRs, SDR managers, leadership roles like VPs of sales, inside sales managers, etc. And, and on the marketing side, everything from growth. Growth marketing to content. Well, growth marketing is a little more broad, but uh, that, that kind of encompasses paid acquisition and uh, conversions, conversion optimization, et cetera, product marketing. So, uh, really anything and everything that falls under the sales and marketing or revenue generating umbrella
0: in tech. Again, cannot stress Lou enough um, from a, a relationship and, you know, working relationship perspective. So if you are looking to partner with a recruiter, uh, reach out to myself or or Lou directly and happy to make that connection. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, you know, I've obviously I've been talking a lot to my own personal network, but you know, really that's a lot of individual contributors and sales. So I wanted to bring you on and get your perspective from that recruiting perspective. What are you seeing um, in this crazy job market today? Bloodbath.
1: I'm seeing a bloodbath i'm seeing a lot of companies laying people off i don't think it's a surprise just looking at a list here hundreds and hundreds of employees on a weekly basis many and, I, and i'm i'm just talking about our, our hyper kind of focused world of silicon valley and never mind like the rest of the country and and and, and jobs in hospitality and those other sectors but in tech alone i've seen a lot of companies lay people off uh, and there's a lot of talent out there. It has shifted. It has finally shifted in my uh, four years, four short years, uh, building my recruiting career. It's, it's, uh, this is my first time experiencing an employer, an employer's market versus a candidate's market. So it's quite interesting for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was such a candidate driven market, probably since I, I graduated college, which was, you know, five, six years ago. I mean, I think from that time, um, kind of coming out of that 2008 recovery, it was just been a completely, candidate driven bull market. So what are the implications of that switch for people who are on the job market today? Like how have things changed for them?
1: You know, I'm seeing a lot more concessions being made on the candidate side. Folks that have been laid off recently willing to take lower level, lower level roles, lesser titles or lower titles, willing to even take less money uh, than they usually would. The exact opposite of what was happening up until top of the year, where candidates were aggressive in the, the pay they were asking, aggressive in, in making sure that they kept moving up in their career. And right, rightly so. I'm not judging neither side. I think it's just kind of the, it's a reflection of the market. It just is what it is. And no one's wrong or right. But I'm seeing uh, concessions being made on the candidate side because a lot of the clients I'm working with, they have much more to choose from they have a, 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 a deeper candidate pool. And the candidate pool, mind you, was always quite deep because uh, there are always candidates out there. And if you work with enough recruiters who are act proactive and trying to target the right, the right people and educate and, and entice them about an, a particular opportunity, you're going to get a solid pool. But now it's even deeper and there are even more candidates and, and there are even more qualified candidates. So the level... Of a higher kind of kind of increases a little bit for, for companies, so it's a good thing. It's obviously a good thing for companies.
0: You, you talk about candidates making concessions, which you know I think is a natural byproduct of a, a company you know, driven market. What would be your advice? You know, would you, you know, if you're a strong candidate on the market today, is the better approach to jump back in to? Uh, the market and make some of those concessions or do you see the better play maybe waiting it out for a couple of months seeing how things firm up and then hopping back into the market
1: you know you know sam i'm a firm believer that these kinds of questions can't be they're, they're, can't be answered with like any blanketed or a blanketed answer there's no one size fits all so if you're saying if, if you're a super qualified candidate or a high level candidate in the market should you should you step out and look for a role i don't know are you happy where you are it, it really it depends on the on the individual i think that if you're really qualified if you're a high level candidate then you can always you can always look you can always uh, search and see see what's out there but it just depends on what's motivating you and why you're looking and, and why you'd even consider it it really is a case by case basis when it comes to whether it's safe to to, 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 to search for a new role and to to, to take on a new position at a new company. I mean, what kind of company is it? What do they sell? How are they dealing with this, with this, in this, with this pandemic? There's a number of factors and I don't think there's a, there's a a, kind of a a one answer for, for, for that
0: kind of question. That's a great perspective. I mean, it's, uh, I was, your answer there kind of made me think about sales and, you know, an elevator pitch. I mean, an elevator pitch is a blanket statement and generally that's not going to work. Right. And you, you need to tailor it to the individual that you're talking to. So that's a great perspective from from the recruiting angle. So so let me ask. So there's an influx of talent on the market now. There's probably less companies who are hiring, right? There's probably a certain subset of companies who uh, are doing very well right now and who are looking to grow their headcount. Do you see any trends in terms of the type of companies that are still aggressively hiring today? Cybersecurity,
1: telemedicine, Healthcare software. I've seen, I've seen uh, startups. Some of my startups are, are, are booming right now. Agriculture, ag tech. I have some clients in ag tech that are, that are, that are doing well because the world can't stop, the, the farms can't stop feeding the world or feeding the country. You know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because some cybersecurity firms, they're, they, depending on their niche, they may have to, they may have had to lay people off uh, while others are doing, are doing quite well. And some, depending on their cash positions, they may not be in the most advantageous position in this pandemic. But they're able to weather the storm, or at least so far, right? This is still going. This is still ongoing. We don't know. We don't know what's what's going to happen in the next two months, six months, et cetera. But I've seen a lot of cyber security. I've seen healthcare sales acceleration. Believe it or not you're seeing a bit, a bit of an influx there because guys like me, we want we want or sales teams, they, they may want to, we may want to step it up a notch. You see yeah. companies that want to take advantage of this free time to evaluate new solutions, solutions that's going to help them increase sales and also be prepared for when things turn, turn, turn back around if, if, and when they do and however they do. So, so there are certain solutions uh, that are getting an uptick ironically, because companies want to take advantage of this free time to evaluate solutions, to, to position themselves in the best possible way for when things kind of start to pick up again.
0: Yeah, ultimately, I think this is going to strengthen the already strong companies' positions, right? Like, like you just said, mm-hmm. they're, they're not in a rush. They're facing a very talent deep candidate market. And you know, I think that they're in a place where they can sit back slowly higher, make sure that they get the top talent on the market And, you know, kind of with that eye for the future in terms of, you know, once we come out of this thing, we're going to be in a better position, actually. uh, And surprisingly, than you know, when we came in. I
1: agree. I mean, I was talking to uh, a really uh, high qualified uh, SEO guy. Well, he runs he runs a a marketing agency. He does he does it for for SMBs, uh, SEO and marketing, et cetera. And uh, he said he's busier than ever. He's he's based out of uh, L.A. He said he's busier than ever because companies are using this time uh, to really step up their profiles and step up their, their marketing and, and kind, of, kind of build up their uh, online reputation so that they're they're, they're, they're in the right position. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting time for sure.
0: So with all of this talent in the market, how has that changed kind of the interview timeline?
1: You know, that's... <laughs> I'm not sure if the interview process has changed much. Like I said, it is a client's market, a company's, a company's, an employer's market. So maybe there's not as much of a rush anymore. Whereas before you really want to make sure you get the great candidates that you're, that you're bullish on to the final stages, uh, quick sooner than later, so that you're not, you're not too late to the game and making them an offer. But generally speaking, I haven't seen much of a shift in the interviews. All I'm seeing is that it's just so much more competitive, Sam. Uh, Great candidates uh, that would have definitely got multiple offers six months ago or three months ago, they're fighting a little bit harder to to get as many offers or even half as many offers. And that's not to say that anybody isn't qualified or isn't great talent. It's It's just a reflection of the of the of the co- co- competition out there they just there are just so many good candidates
0: that's got to be demoralizing to, to to know that you have a strong background know that you are a talented you know sales or marketing professional and still just continually get rejected from these jobs how are you you know how are you coaching your your client's mindset kind of from that perspective
1: you know that, that's interesting you 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 pointed out that way that it's demoralizing i, I don't think of it that way i think of it as encouraging I think when I, when, I, when I talk, to especially like let's talk SDRs and, and we, we obviously place enterprise account executives, guys like you, uh, uh, more higher level folks as well. But when we're talking, just, just talking about like SDRs or kids fresh out of, out of school, I think this is the best time for them. Or really the best time for anybody to kind of like figure out your career figure out what company you want to work for work hard and in interviewing and and getting into the position you want to be in in your career because it's it's a tough time and it's, it, it can hopefully only get better from here and maybe it's going to get worse before it gets better in the immediate future but i mean uh, kind of in the grand scheme or in a much more long term timeline if you're fresh out of school and you're, and you're, and you're interviewing for an SDR role, or even if you have a few years in as an account executive and now you want to switch into another company so you can uh, hopefully make more money, sell a different product, something at a, little, a bit higher level, do more uh, complex selling, uh, this is a great time to kind of test the waters and really compete and, uh, and kind of feel a little bit of the struggle because uh, it can hopefully, it will hopefully get better. And if you can withstand this, it's gonna be really sweet for you when things hopefully kind of get better again.
0: I man, Lou, I love that perspective. I mean, that's uh you know, you know, my belief on the value of long term thinking and mm-hmm. you know, investing in yourself over the long term. And that's exactly what I just heard, you know, kind of the embrace the embrace the suck aspect of the current job market, but also know that you know, it is highly competitive. And that's something that you should pride yourself on is, you know, every single day, putting yourself up against the best talent, and, you know, truly wanting to win that competition. And, you know, if you do end up winning a competition, and you do get a job um, offer in this can in this market, I mean, that's something to be extremely proud about. And that's something that could really be a very strong catalyst for years of success at whichever company you decide to join.
1: Agreed. And I don't, and I don't want to downplay those folks who are having real difficulties. Cause I, I, sometimes I think in the, in the, in the, from the reference of like the really great candidate who gets a job no matter what, even if it takes a little longer. But there are those folks who for one reason or another, maybe they don't interview well. Maybe their set of skills isn't exactly what, what, what the market is demanding. Maybe they need a lot more work on, on being salespeople or getting into marketing specific disciplines and it's just going to take them longer to kind of to to improve, but they will. And they're not having, they're having a really tough time getting a job. I know that it's challenging for a lot of people and I don't don't want to downplay it or reduce their difficulties. I know it's not that easy and you, they eventually will, will kind of turn back. It will eventually turn back around to a point where everybody has a lot more opportunity and I can give advice on what you can do to kind of really set yourself apart and get that get an opportunity and get a job but i do i do empathize with folks who are having a hard time i know it's tough and it's it's not as simple as just kind of getting up getting standing up by your bootstraps and making it happen sometimes it really is uh, there really isn't much opportunity and i hope that people can uh, eventually turn it around
0: i want to touch on one of the things that you just mentioned in terms of the set of skills that companies today are looking to hire for i mean can you can you kind of list out the top five that maybe from the sales perspective these companies are looking for specifically
1: hunters 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 is that four i think and uh, a relevant experience that'll be five i think i just i think i put five um <laughs> there aren't many sales roles that i come across sam that uh, or companies that are hiring for salespeople that don't require hunters Even when they have a really strong inbound pipeline, they still expect you to uh, do your own level or your own form of of hunting and, and business development to create your own leads or at least have that kind of mentality because if things ever do slow down on the inbound front or through any of the channels, the mm-hmm. other channels that they generate leads, you got to be prepared to, 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 to roll up your sleeves and create your own business. And you have to have that experience and ideally have that experience. If it's a higher level role, uh, it's, it's, it's more important than ever as a salesperson to be able to create your own opportunities and, and really own your own desk. I could
0: can- Agree more, and I, one of the things I've been thinking about—I mean, you touched on kind of the lack of leads, right? Organic leads being generated by marketing teams, and and the necessary need for that hunter mentality. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm starting to see is, you know, field salespeople—they're not out in the field selling right now. And before coronavirus, field sellers, maybe 50% of their time was spent out in the field with meetings, mm-hmm. and now they're stuck in their home office and they have more time, more quote unquote free time, although sometimes it doesn't feel like they have more free time. But what what I'm getting at is I think that the lines between inside sales and outside sales are getting blurred by the remote work. And I think what I foresee in the future is companies really doubling down on that hunter mentality for that that field salesperson, um, exactly for that reason, right? We're gonna be spending less time out in the field we're going to be having less leads. So the natural byproduct of that is you need field sellers who can roll up their sleeves and go find that opportunity.
1: Yeah, how are you, how does that, how's that look like? How does that look like in the market for you now? Be, having to sell remotely uh, relative, pretty expensive solutions. How is that looking and trying to, trying to close a deal like that remotely? I mean, is it even possible or do you, are you eventually going to have to, you're going to have to do some travel and have to meet some of them in person, shake some hands to get, get these uh, contracts signed?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think for the current set of circumstances, I think both the seller and the buyer side are completely okay with, you know, selling and purchasing products hundred percent percent remote right now because there's that full expectation that you know we cannot go out and shake hands and close this deal. But I do think, you know, before coronavirus, my thought was always 90% of an enterprise sales cycle can be done remotely. But that last 10% is very important and you do need that human connection, whether it's at the relationship level or, or or whatnot. And it's just it's harder to drive a personal relationship remote. I think some strategies that I'm trying are one, always turn your video camera on when you're doing sales calls. Um, I know it sounds quirky. I know people are uncomfortable out there doing it, but just do it. Even if you're the only person on the call who has their video turned on, it makes a difference. People see you and they, you know, they feel more connected to you. So people I don't know like if that a a
1: Creep If I'm the only one with my camera on.
0: You got to embrace it. You, you really do. I think um, it's a psychological thing. I mean, you know, I think if you can get past the self-consciousness of it, I think other people in a weird way admire your confidence for doing it. And they grow a little bit closer to you as a, as a person, Interesting. which is yeah. a very important aspect of, you know, enterprise sales.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I thought of it, I thought of it more as like indirectly nudging them to turn on their video. So I feel like uncomfortable in that way because that's not my intention. But I feel like if I, my video is on and yours is not, it's like pressure for the person who, who, who didn't turn on their video to turn it on. And maybe they don't want to, right? Maybe they're, everyone's working from home. So who knows the situation? So yeah. that's a good way to look at it.
0: Well, yeah. And the, the good thing about that is, I mean, I don't have to get any haircuts, right? I, I'm my own barber. So I don't have to worry about any bad hair days or anything like that. So I'm really, I got nothing to hide. Um, so I'm okay with it.
1: <laughs> Interesting. I'm, I'm my own barber, but I have a bad hair day every day.
0: good for you dude depends how you look at it right glass half full glass half empty true perspective good point so so let's talk about preparing for interviews i kind of want to touch on that i think it's the most critical part of interviewing and i think a lot of young sellers and sdrs really haven't been formally trained on how to prepare for interviews what are some of your best practice tips for people as they prepare for that first interview
1: are we talking SDRs, Sam? Are we talking account executives, enterprise managers, or or, or all of the above?
0: The lens of the lens of this. Let's talk from an SDR's perspective. Sure. What's
1: I think what is a, what's what's critical for kind of up and coming SDRs or even experienced SDRs when you're interviewing with a company, and and you know what this answer may apply to to, to really any and every role across every industry. You do your research on the company you're interviewing for, and You demonstrate through what you say, through uh, the questions you ask, through the way you answer uh, their questions, that you have a genuine interest for the company that you're interviewing with, uh, a genuine interest to work for them. So not just wanting a job or really wanting that job. And for what reason, that's something you want to to be able to articulate easily. You do that through, through your own level of research, if it's not a company you're super interested in. then Maybe that's uh, maybe that's uh, a sign that you should kind of kind of kind of keep 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 looking. Though I do understand we're in a tough market, so really some some people really just need need careers or, or need need to make money. I get it. But if you can demonstrate that there is something, some silver lining in terms of, 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 of what the company's offering and what your interests are, and being able to, to, to kind of bring that together, that's going to motivate the, the employer, the hiring manager, sh- seeing that you can really care about what, what they're doing and what the company's about, rather than you just need a job. It's yep. really easy to kind of, kind of identify that somebody's really just kind of interviewing just to interview, just to kind of work and make money.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you can always tell which camp a person is in based on the answers they give, right? And the hiring manager, they ask questions and they sit back and they listen for what kind of stories you're weaving into your answer, the kind of passion that's coming through. And obviously the more detailed you get in your answers, you know, the more, you know, about the topic. Mm -hmm. So I'm totally with you. I mean, my, my school of thought is if you're not 110% fired up about joining a company, That you really shouldn't be interviewing. I think you'd probably be doing both sides a disservice Mm -hmm. at that point. Another big thing for me, like advice that I always, and correct me if I'm wrong from your perspective, but advice I always give to my network who is interviewing is have three or four really genuine and authentic stories in your back pocket, Mm. because I think stories are the best way to answer questions they show so many different layers of understanding and passion Mm -hmm. when you give when you when you give a good story as an answer to a question it's it's one of the more powerful things you can do and in the context of interviewing for sales roles storytelling is probably the most impactful skill i would say for a salesperson. right everybody loves stories it's a great way to grab your attention and make your point so what are your thoughts on stories
1: yeah, you know, I think that's great advice. I honestly, Sam, I, I, you have a lot more expertise in kind of consultative, high-level selling. And I know, I mean, that, that's not necessarily what, what interviewing is, but it's not the same as selling enterprise software. But I think you've really mastered the art of selling. So you have a uh, a, a much a much higher level view and that, that that shows in kind of your explanation of stories. I never thought of that. I think that is important. And I think a lot of the more behavioral type questions you get in interviews, that's when the stories may, 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 may be super useful. And When I think stories, all I think about is how I always thought I was unique because I sold candy and chocolate at school for like a dollar a piece. And then I realized every salesperson used to do that.
0: So what, what are like maybe five common questions that people are getting on first interviews that they should be prepared for?
1: You know, I, uh, I don't know if I can answer that because I don't know as much. I don't ask my my clients they wouldn't tell me even if I asked because they don't want me to to to, to coach candidates okay. uh, word for word and I really don't ask candidates because I honestly don't want to know I don't want to know because I don't want to coach candidates word for word. I don't want to tell them these are the questions to expect, so here's how you should answer them. I think that's unfair to our to my to my clients. I think they that there needs to be some level of accountability or a, a, a high level of accountability on the candidate side uh, to be able to, to kind of kind of answer questions willy nilly based on when when they when they when they when they when they get them.
0: I actually love that answer, and it takes me back to working with you at ThoughtSpot because you are very authentic and honest Thank and you know i really like that bias or sorry that unbiased perspective of you'd be doing a disservice to you know the organization that's looking to hire yeah. if you did coach the candidate and you know that's not what you're looking to do right you truly are looking to make the best mutual match mm-hmm. for what these people are looking for and i'm sure that's not the case with all recruiters
1: yeah i mean I don't, I don't i wouldn't want to talk down another recruiters the ones i've met have been really solid solid peeps you're right though i don't you know, I, I, I do do the coaching bit where, I, where I, I'll talk to a candidate and tell them, hey, per, do your research on the company, show them that you're interested, only if you are. I'll make sure to emphasize that because I, don't, I wouldn't tell a candidate to fake interest. Um, but you really wanna, be, if you are interested, show them, do your research, be energetic, you know, be upbeat. Remember you're selling yourself, that kind of thing. The more generic stuff, but in terms of like, this is the question you're going to get. This is how you should answer it. I avoid that, but it's something I do avoid because I'm setting up the candidate for failure they're going to get into the role and they, they they interviewed really well but they're not the actual the right fit for the company and then I'm setting up my client for failure and I really think long term in terms of what I do I want to build relationships right that's why we're we're still we're still cool uh, because I really care about kind of the long-term vision and just kind of building relationships and doing this for a while
0: so so Lou, Lou thanks so much for joining the crew is there anything last last things you want to say
1: yeah you know I I, I've been going through a series of up and down emotions, uh, roller coaster of emotions during this time. It's my first experience in my industry dealing with an economic downturn, but my thought process is things will get better and I just want to, I'm just planning, I'm planning on weathering the storm. And there was a gentleman that I interviewed, I'll end it on this note, Sam. There was a gentleman I interviewed a couple years back. He was running his own business. And uh, his business was doing well. I won't specify the business because I want to kind of give this more of a general appeal. He was running his own business uh, for a while and uh, he was doing, he was doing quite well. And 08 happened or 09, the, the recession and it hit his business really hard. And he had to, he had to, he had to, to shut it down and, and look for a job. And uh, now I'm interviewing him. This was a couple of years ago and it was about uh nine or 10 years after that, uh, that res- the recession. And uh, he, he said, if he knew then what he knows now, he would, he would have had a little more money and been able to weather the storm and pick things back up when things turned around. That stuck with me big time. And I think that applies to any marketing professional, any sales professional. If, if it's, if it's tough for you out there, or even the business owners, the startup founders, if it's tough for you there hopefully there will be a light at the end of the tunnel It sounds super cliche. And we just need to kind of work hard and weather the storm.
0: That's a, that's a beautiful message. And, and yeah, just one of the things I've been thinking about is I think we all feel a little out of control or uncertain these days. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to amplify that every single other human being in the world is feeling the exact same way. No matter what seniority, no matter what position, no matter what job status, nobody really knows how to navigate these these times, right? We have never had a coronavirus before, so again, you know, if you're feeling uncertain or unsure about yourself, I would just completely agree with what Luke said in terms of weather the storm, and you know, the, the light is coming at the end of the tunnel, and it's going to be beautiful.
1: Absolutely, and I'm always open to consulting prospective candidates or candidates, and I'm talking. For- for free. So feel free, feel free always to hit me up on my LinkedIn, anybody who's interested or is in tech sales or tech marketing who
0: just wants advice
1: or, or, or insights or anything. I'm always around.
0: Awesome. Well, Lou, thanks so much for joining the podcast. I'm sure we'll have you back on my friend. And um, my go pleasure. enjoy that Friday afternoon weather. Thank you for
1: inviting me, man. I appreciate it. Great to see you doing great things. And uh, yeah, thanks for everything.